Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the The whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Artie Farty, my man, my friend. So nice to see you today. (laughs) Andy, you are looking ready to game. You're looking very sickly. You've got a stack of quarters next to you. Uh, I can tell that you're ready to get your game on. I haven't been outside in six months. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You have been chugging Mountain Dew Code Red, and you are a real live gamer and that's perfect for today's topic i'm never gonna get this cheeto dust off my fingers <laughs> well that's true you that's that's, that's unrelated cur- to gaming though. yeah i mean that's your curse that's but my curse. uh today we're talking about a different kind of curse we're talking about uh, a very fun topic yeah uh, this is polybius polybius a cursed video arcade game machine right i shouldn't have said those words in that order that's but you get fine. the idea uh, you know, this is a, this is a, yeah, like, like Andy said, this is a cursed video game topic. Um, this is, uh, potentially a psyop mission by the federal government. Uh, it, it takes place in Oregon, uh, <laughs> for you Oregonian fans out there. But, um, this topic came highly requested from one of our bunk funkers extraordinaire and patron extraordinaire. Yes. Beloved bunk funker, beloved patron, beloved bunk funker, proud patron. Uh, <laughs> let's get alliteration straight here. Beloved bunk funker, proud patron. John Hendricks, John long Hendricks. time bunk bunker. John, thank you for this great topic. This thank is you a so much, John. One. Um, but you know what, Andy? We also have another special surprise. Not just a great topic, not just a great bunk funker who, uh, who suggested, who suggested it, but we also have a guest. We have we have more than one. We guest. have two guests. Yeah. Today we are welcoming to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. We are welcoming Adam and Josh from the Twisted Ten podcast. Welcome, Adam and Josh. Thank you, fellas. It's a it's an honor to be here, and uh, we were looking forward to tearing into Polybius a little bit with you guys. This is a really cool episode, really cool content, and very conspiratorial. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm yeah, glad that up? you said tearing into Polybius and not tearing into me and Art. Yeah. We, we <laughs> well, really can't pre- take another that's tear the down. <laughs> um, well, fellas, uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, you know, obviously up top, when we whenever we have guests, we always like to, um, you know, kind of get to know you a little bit, kind of ask you some questions. 
some general questions. We cover a whole wide range of, well, first of all, how about this? Let's talk about the Twisted 10. Great idea. Uh, let's, what does the Twisted 10 cover? If we cover the world of the bizarre, of the bizarre world of strange paranormal and conspiracy topics, what does Twisted 10 cover? Man, you know, my favorite part about the show is that we cover everything. We've gone from sexual fetishes to Ooh. super expensive cars to old cities. I mean, it's it's Those literally top three favorite things. all over the place. <laughs> you had yeah, us it's... at sexual fetishes. <laughs> yeah, we're hooked <laughs> already. If you ever have listened to uh, the Twisted Ten before, the sexual fetish show that Josh talks about, <laughs> he brings it up on purpose because that was the one podcast that we did where our guest that we had on the to- on that particular show. Her name was T.S. Madison. T.S. Madison, yeah. I'm giving her a little bit of a plug. Uh, she is um, a very outspoken LGBTQ activist, uh, and she is like mid-surgery trans whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know the correct politically correct term to use there, but mm-hmm. that was the only show that Josh has ever blushed on air, and she heard it. Oh. She could hear him <laughs> blushing. It, was, it, it embarrassed him so bad. Yeah, she she embarrassed me to silence. It was It was a good time, but... Yeah, no, which so sexual fetish got you to blush, Josh? Oh my goodness! It I, honestly, that show did go really off the rails. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was something to the effect of like, if you're having sex with a dude and then you find, or if you're having sex with a girl and you find out it's a dude, would you stop or something? It was like, I don't. What do I wow, say? It depends on how much tequila it <laughs> took like, to get to that fuck, point. I don't know. Lord. Wow. No, oh, I'm it, sorry. Do you guys swear? That's my fault. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. This is a family-friendly PG a, show. Yeah, this is a Christian Minecraft podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, God. We're on pod, uh, God Pod again. That's, God, that's, God, that's yeah. God Pod. No, um, we no, fucking... I have a... We, we've been... I've been called out due to my potty mouth before. Uh, <laughs> and that only s- steeled our resolve. Yeah. <laughs> we'll swear even more if you call us out on um, it. No, swear away, gentlemen, but... Um, so you guys, you guys cover a wide array of topics in a, a sort of uh, top ten list kind of uh, format. Yeah, um, so it's it's very straightforward. That will give you the real quick uh, can punchline for the show. Uh, oh, let's hear it. Basically, a host, me, Josh, or our other host, Ron, or a guest host, which hopefully you guys will come and do a show with us, which I think might oh, be on the horizon. Wink, 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 uh, wink, wink, will we'll bring a unique top ten list. It could be on any topic again, like the, one of the last shows I did. I'm a huge Sublime fan, so I did the top ten facts you you need to know about Sublime and Bradley Knoll. So wow. you know, to me, that was a, that was a really cool show and had a lot of fun with it. We've done tons of other topics, but the the part of the show that's kind of the unique part is that every week it's different. It's a different list, and you can't just go download a BuzzFeed top ten. You have to have content behind it, so you have to have some emotional attachment to your list that you're bringing into the show. Wow. And we we tear it down. It's it's a open format, kind of a an ad lib style uh, uh, conversation between the hosts and the guests that are on the show. You know, ad lib is a really nice way to say we get real distracted with tangents. It's a <laughs> lot of stories. We go so hard on tangents. It's ridiculous. There you go, if baby. You guys are kind of like us. You do some conversation at the beginning of the show. You you know make some jokes, talk some shit about each other, and then you get into the content. That's exactly how we roll, too. Nice. We, we usually open up with a good little 10 minutes of just conversation. How's your life? How's your wife? How's the kids? That kind of stuff. And then we get into the actual content of the show. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun, so I can't wait to for you guys to come host one. Nice, that's yeah, very similar to us. Kindred spirits start, start the show talking about our family. Art and I are famously two daddies uh, raising a teenage undead Sasquatch son and an adult baby <laughs> David Crosby. And we live in a bunker. We're horribly deformed, grotesque, cryptid-like creatures, and we have a lot of uh, 
Wacky adventures, so very similar to you guys. Yeah, That's same, awesome. Exact same thing. Speaking we're, of hey, we're dads too. We've got between the two of us, we have six kids. Wow. Uh, not Josh and I. We haven't had kids together, but with our wives. Uh, oh. But yeah, we've we've got a whole lot. Of, I've got a herd. I have four. Josh has two. So yeah, we Ooh, yeah. Wow. we know all about the dad life. Wow, dad life, daddies. Um, so we're surrounded by uh, yeah, kindred spirits here. A couple of daddies on the pod, uh, hanging out with these two daddies, but um. <laughs> The one thing we always like to ask up top is, you know, in the world of the conspiracy, the paranormal, the UFO, uh, we know that you guys, uh, you know, are, are big uh, ancient knowledge fans. You guys uh, are very probably more well-versed in that than, than we are. Definitely more well-versed in that than we are. But um, where do you guys usually fall on the kind of spectrum of believer versus skeptic? Are you guys more, you know, you, you guys more scullies? You guys more molders? Do you want to believe more or do you look for like tearing it down and finding the truth more? I am going to be, I am the worst kind of skeptic, the outspoken kind. <laughs> so I am, I am, you know, I could be convinced if I had seen something concrete that could like prove something to me, if I could see and reproduce and something tangible, I'm no longer a skeptic. That thing I will wow. believe. If I pick up an apple, I believe apples exist. Wow. But if you say there's an apple on that table, you just got to believe in it. There's no, there's no fucking apple. Uh, a- Josh is that way. I'm kind of the opposite. So wow. my train of thought is, you know, th- that it's, so going back, let's just talk aliens for a second. Going back yeah. to the Fermi paradox. If you've ever heard about the Fermi paradox, yeah. that is yeah. what I consider mankind's biggest attestment of, uh, uh, it's a frustrating theory. It's, it's very arrogant. It's the most arrogant theory I've ever heard because there's so much out there. How dare we claim there is no life because we haven't discovered it yet. That's not how nature works really. So for me on that topic, I'm, I'm a huge believer that I think that there is intelligent life out there. I even think that some of the stuff that we've seen in the media and in the news lately, especially out of the governments around the world, kind of proves that there's shit that we just don't know what it is and we have no explanation. There is no technology in, on our planet that can do what this is, you know, performing. So I'm definitely a believer. I think that, you know, especially on things like Atlantis, if you listen to that other podcast I was on, I, I love having that little moment of hope that that actually exists. And I go yeah. full bore. I go hardcore in. I'm like, oh, dude, I am on board with this now. I don't go to the extremes of like flat earth or hollow earth or some of those crazy sure, concepts. Sure. But I love debating them. I love debunking them. Oh, I love oh, yeah. I love all of that piece of it. Wow. It's fun. They're fun. fun. So you guys again, very kindred spirits here. Andy is always seem as Andy is always seem as the like Occam's razor kind of wielding uh I'm very much a Josh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I took I took the twisted ten personality test and I I, I did come out as a Josh. <laughs> And oh, and funny. I'm an Adam. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and I got you. Unfortunately, boot. nobody got Ron. Am I right? Yes. Speaking of Ron, he does send his love. He had some stuff come up at home. That's why he's not with us. Um, but he definitely wanted to say hey, and you know, apologize. Yes, he did mail us an envelope forward. of love. That's true. That was Shout a really nice to... way to say Ron's wife said he does too much podcasting with us. And he's not allowed another day. Is that what that was? He couldn't get his permission slip signed. So. Um, well, awesome, guys. I mean, so sort of we always like to open up the floor to discussion on like it seems like maybe uh, it hasn't. But have you guys ever had any kind of um, wild kind of experience or something unexplainable happen or something of that nature, maybe saw something you thought was a UFO, even if it turned out to not be one. 
We love uh, to share stories here. Maybe you had a romantic oh. encounter with a ghost. That's true. A little spectrophilia. <laughs> I'm a That's little Dan Aykroyd. I got little a, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a little, a ghost little BJ yes. from a ghost. <laughs> a BJ uh, from beyond. So I actually have a story um, <gasps> oh. coming in as a skeptic. So I think this will be good. So growing up, I, I lived in Germany until I was uh, about 12, 12 or so, wow. maybe 11. But Very cool. Yeah, it was pretty. My my dad was in the Air Force, so we you know, yeah. we just got to go a lot of places. That was one place we landed for a long time. Uh, my parents fought to stay there because there's just it's Europe. There's so much to do and everything's a train right oh, away. Yeah. You can go right. from where we were on a train to Paris in like six hours. It was awesome. But the base that we were living on happened to be built on an old battleground. So you got all kinds of cool ghostly stories um, from the from around that base. A lot of people had ghost stories from there. Wow. One of ours that we had, and I say one of because we had a lot of weird stuff happen at that house. A lot of unexplainable stuff. Um, mm. like I said, I can be convinced of, you know, ghosts and otherworldly things. I just, there's just never been anything tangible, but this is one that I remember. So my dad happened to be traveling. He was on deployment at the time and I was, I don't know, nine or so. And in our living room, we had, you know, like those hanging potted plants. It's got like a net around it. just hangs up off the ceiling. Yeah. 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 So we woke up one morning and... It was on the floor. There was no mess. No, you know, potted plant. There was no dirt anywhere like the cat had jumped and maybe knocked it off or something. Nothing. Cleanly sitting on the floor directly below the, the hanger. Oh, it was just like we never gently had, placed on the floor? Yeah, no mess, nothing. Plant was fine. My mom just hung it back up and that was it. And that's just like mm-hmm. one of many. I'll t- I can tell one more. I've got that, one that more. That ghost said, get this fern down, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm over that, The interior design ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I have I got so I got one from NASA. You guys will like this one. Oh, oh here we go. Here we go. So at Josh and I both used to work at this location. Um but if you've ever seen pictures or ever even traveled down to Florida at Kennedy Space Center, there's a vehicle assembly building which is the biggest building that's where they used to construct the shuttle. Now they construct mm-hmm. another rocket called Artemis. Uh, but it's the biggest indoor facility in the world. It's it's a giant. I mean, there's even it's big enough to have its own atmosphere in some spots. You'll have like actual dew condensation and clouds in some parts of the building. It's cool. Anyway, wow. attached to that is the LCC, the Launch Control Center. If you've ever watched any movie that has video or, or images from NASA, it's the building with the giant slanted windows that looks directly at the launch pads. Right. Well, right. Yeah. In that building, something kind of behind the scenes from every shuttle launch. So there's 139 of them. Oh, the fourth floor. You got it. From uh, every shuttle launch, they would have these, um, the families before the launch would come in and kids, adults, anybody related to the astronauts, they'd have them come in and give them a giant uh, dry erase board that they could color. They gave them all sorts of crayon, uh, uh, dry erase markers so they could just decorate it however they wanted. And what they would do is they would frame those and they're still there today. You can see them all except for the two from the two uh, accidents that had have happened from Discovery, no, from at, uh, which two blew up? Challenger, um, Challenger and Columbia, and right? Columbia, thank you. Those two are in a separate area in kind of a memorial area. Anyway, those are all, all those pictures, all those drawings are on the fourth floor of the LCC, which is up pretty high because their floors mm-hmm. are like 30 feet each. They're giant. Anyway, up on the fourth floor, they got them lining the walls. And it's kind of a restricted area. Even though we were badged and we can get in there, we weren't supposed to go up into those areas. It was off off limits. Nope. 
But so here's here's what the rumor was. And I went and exploited this rumor to see if I could see anything. Apparently, if you're walking down this long hallway where all these pictures are, um, there is a phantom or a ghost or some kind of image that that appears uh, at random times, at random points throughout the day down this hallway. And people have even captured pictures of this person. And they said it looks eerily similar to uh, Christy McCullough, which was the teacher that died on Challenger. So wow. I said, okay, oh, I'm going to go up there. Hair and stuff. I took my coffee. fancy iPhone or no, my fan, fancy Google pixel. <laughs> I went upstairs and I turned on the, the camera with the shutter speed set to where I could like hold down the button and it'll take like a thousand pictures a second or something. Mm-hmm. So it'd just take a bunch of them. So me and a bunch of buddies are just walking in the hallway and here I am clicking, clicking, clicking all the way down the hallway, trying to capture some kind of phantom or something being the partial skeptic, but also Hey, you know, you know, there's stuff we don't understand. We don't believe, or we don't, we don't know about yet. So I did it. And none of them had, you know, a, a, a ghost, but one of the frames did have like a, a light illumination, like an orb kind of thing present in the picture that was definitely not there as we were walking through the hallway. So it was very odd. It was only in one frame out of like one second that had like 60 frames. It was only in one of those frames. So it was a little wow. bizarre. Are you talking hmm, as well about, um, to protect the innocent Pringles pictures, Pringle, one of the anyways, one of the other launch guys. Because um, I've seen oh, one oh, of the guys oh. we knew from the the back room. Sorry to be vague on this side, guys. We just have to. Um, but he oh. was in that in that back launch room. Um, but he had pictures. I've actually seen. I never saw those pictures. I only oh, heard the rumor. I've I've seen pictures that somebody took that had something really? in it. Yeah, I've seen them myself. Damn. Wow. So yeah. So there's Inside our little NASA stories. Scoop bunk funkers. That's pretty cool. That's that's wild. Um very I mean these are these are amazing. These are great. Yeah. You guys <laughs> undersold. These are great stories. Yeah, great stories. Uh, incredible. Good, good, um, good podcast. Good uh, goddamn good podcast guys. Uh we're out of here. Uh, yeah, thank you. Wow. This has been great. Hey, yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> oh. Boy. We only had to pay those guys two thousand dollars for that <laughs> each. Wait, wait, what did a you steal. get the check, Josh? I didn't get the check. Oh, oh. It's, it's on its way. That, that, checks it's, in the mail. Checks in the mail. Yeah, couriers got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's incredible, guys. Um, well, I mean, you know, Andy, do you have any uh, burning questions that you've wanted to ask uh, uh, Adam and Josh here? Um, I always, I always like to ask. I mean, thank you both for sharing your paranormal stories with us i always like to ask about i think our guests shows um for each of you is there a favorite episode great question for, you have in the twisted 10 canon that you um, like the best absolutely so it, i i have my own little list i have a top 10 of my top 10 lists what i <laughs> wow. what, what are my Makes favorite sense. episodes we've ever done um dan cummins is obviously up there pretty high because he's he was a really cool guest and he is probably our biggest celebrity next to you guys of course that, oh, have, uh, yeah. <laughs> that has has graced our show with a with a top 10 list um his episode is always up there he it was on uh he did a top 10 list on western outlaws which was which was really kind of a cool show that's oh, a neat that's a list. Cool list that's a yeah. very neat list one of my absolute favorites was actually Josh's brother-in-law who came in ah, to do this list. Yes. I, I'm if you ever listen to the show, we love drinking on the show. In fact, we've got mm-hmm. our we're sitting in our studio now and we've got three bottles of uh, whiskey sitting on our, our table in front of us that are just eyeballing the hell out of me right now. So well, one's laying on the oh, table you're going to need all three over. of those by the end of this show. <laughs> That's true. That's awesome. We have very grading personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, so this guy, Dan is his name, Dan Lynn, throwing him some love. He brought us an episode of the top 10 reasons you should be drinking whiskey. And his 
little trick was or the twist on his show is he actually brought 10 different whiskeys for us to try and he talked wow. about them their background their you know their flavors the the things that you would want to accompany with those those whiskeys and boy that was that was i don't remember much after like the yeah. number eight or so yeah in the list. i was about to spot. say like <laughs> numbers eight through ten i'm like i don't know what happened to those but they were great 100 <laughs> yeah, percent. i think ron slept on your couch for a little while that night yeah it that was, night he did not leave it yeah. was it was something for sure. And I understand that's not uncommon for Ron, though, right? <laughs> no, no. He's, he, a, he's a lightweight. He, he definitely <laughs> is. Josh and I have had some, exp- I think we've out- outpaced him several times in studio drinking, but yeah, Ron, Ron's a good guy. He, he, Ron brings an amazing amount of comedy to the show. His comedy timing is fucking spot on. He's also a dad, but he's uh, he's he's just got, he's had a, a history of retail experience, and now he's working in an industry that isn't retail. He does uh, mortgages, which doesn't exactly draw the comedy out of you. However, he, he somehow ties that in, and he brings a really good comedy value to the show. We love Ron, uh, but he couldn't get the We love you, Ron. We love you, Ron. We miss you. We miss you, Plus, Ron. Come we home. love you. Come Plus, home, Ron. He's not, he's not here, so we can talk, we can talk shit, about shit about him. All right, you can say whatever What you about want. you, Josh? What's your favorite top ten? Um, yeah, let's done? hear that top ten. Uh, Okay, hands down. My favorite list is um, one that I've hosted. So not to not to give myself too much credit, but there's a reason. So my favorite list is top 10 civilizations that mysteriously vanished. Ooh, um, very yeah. fun. Yeah. So and I will I will spoil it for those of you who go check it out from uh, mis- uh, you bunk funkers who go check it out. It's um, <laughs> some of our episodes. We call it the twist of 10 for two reasons. One, it either changes every week. Well, it definitely changes every week. But sometimes we build in a little a game or a twist or uh, something. That's, you can even make up one of like one of your top ten. You can even make up, and that could be part of your twist. And we have to figure out which one is completely fucking made up out of your list. <laughs> um, and I I present this with a challenge. So my list is one of those ones where one of the entries is made up. And I didn't you mean can, to steal your thunder, Josh. No, it's, my bad. No, it's fine. Wow. But you did succeed. Um, <laughs> but that's it's very uh, fun. One of them is definitely made up in that list. My challenge is that if you guess it before I reveal it, I want to hear about it. And this is not an exaggeration. Nobody has gotten it yet or has told Whoa, me they've gotten it. I've, wow. like, anybody I've sent there, they've listened to it. I'm very proud of my fake entry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's no, I don't know. We'll send you a, I don't know, a, a cup or something if you're the first one to actually like <laughs> get it right. Yeah, that's right because Twisted Ten has some merch. We do. That's right. Yeah. We'll send you a sticker or a cup or something. We'll figure it out. But if somebody awesome. finds it and they get it and you know please you know be honest. I'm only going to give one thing away but you know like I want to I want somebody to get it. We do oh, reveal at the end of every show if there is a twist we do reveal it in the show so the listener doesn't have to wait a week to hear what the twist is. They hear it that night. Oh there we should do that. Wow. Ooh, we might be rewriting the show. Oh, <laughs> oh I like it. Right here, live on the air. A live twist. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. You heard it here, Bung Funkers. The Twisted 10 podcast. You can go and listen. And if you can solve Josh's little riddles, (laughs) uh, you can uh, can get, you you could be the first winner. They'll send you a cup and we'll send you a Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time jock strap for your cup. (laughs) Bam. Heck yeah. There you go. Well, speaking of jockstraps, um, <laughs> it's time to get to the jockstrap portion of the, what, what can be called the jockstrap portion of the podcast, which is uh, our research on today's topic. It's the thing that really holds everything in. That's right. Um, today we're talking Polybius. We're getting into it. This is the uh, potentially cursed, potentially psyop, potentially urban legend uh, video arcade machine from the 80s. Uh, this is uh, 
Libius here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> Did you ever go to an arcade and there was that one hot game that everyone wanted to play and you just gotta stand in line and wait for it? You can't take the chance to play another game. Oh no, you have to stand in line and wait to play that game. Finally, you get to the machine and you plop in your quarter to the slot. Ooh, that game fires up. It's so friggin' fun. Woo, baby. That was worth the wait. Oh, wow. You're doing great at this game. You're absolutely crushing. Level after level falls before you with ease. You're on top of the world. Then, all of a sudden, you don't feel so good. All at once, you get the chills. A splitting headache. And then you shit your pants. More than you've ever shit your pants before in your life. And it just keeps coming. You just keep shitting. Your pants. For what seems like an eternity. You just keep shitting your pants. Finally, once you've stopped shitting your pants, you black out. When you come to, you can't remember anything about the game. But you know one thing for certain. You love the government unconditionally. You wake up a friggin' shill! Oh, what a world! You ever had that experience, Art? <laughs> Uh, did anyone ever have that experience? That exact experience? This kind of sounds like something that maybe happened to you, Andy, but I mean, I've been to an arcade before, but that has never happened. Yeah, that would really put a twist on the arcade experience, huh? Wow. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, Andy. For once, I'm glad you brought up shitting your pants. Because <laughs> it would be a twist. And hey, speaking of twists, a mind control arcade game that possibly gives you uncontrollable diarrhea. We don't know is a Twisted Topic, and we just had to ask our friends from the Twisted 10 podcast, twisted10.com, at the Twisted 10 on social media, to come by and help us serve up the whole enchilada. So, Bunkfunkers, say hello to Adam and Josh from the Twisted 10. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having us here. It's great to be here. I mean, not as good as, you know, Hysteria 51, because Seabot's my boo, but it's still okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. I hope your bunk bunkers are ready for my famous catchphrase. Pools open. Let's get wet. Hey, great idea, Josh. Let's get wet. By talking about today's topic, Polybius. Oh, baby, I'm wet already. I, I believe that. I've, I've never met you in person, but you have a very moist aura. And a very moist area. But hey, today we're talking about Polybius. The twisted arcade video game that appeared in Portland, Oregon in the early 1980s and allegedly may have caused seizures or deaths or been a recruitment tool for the U.S. military or possibly even an MK Ultra Ing machine used by the CIA. Hey, that sounds really familiar. Josh, I think I've played this game before. Are we talking about Garfield Kart Furious Racing, right? Right? Uh, no, no. Uh, sorry, Adam. Oh. I mean... As great as a game as, as Garfield Kart Fur Furious Racing is, the game we're talking about today is called Polybius. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all about Polybius. Oh, boy. 
Polybius was an ancient Greek philosopher and historian. He was born in Megalopolis, Arcadia, around 208 BCE. Uh, Polybius' most famous work was his succinctly named Histories, uh, but not succinctly written. It had 40 damn volumes. Jeez Louise, put the pen down, Polybius. In which Polybius chronicled Rome's rise to power. Polybius is now remembered for his belief that historians should only publish what can be verified with hard evidence on first or first-hand witness testimony. He's also remembered for his interest in cryptography and for creating the Polybius Square. The Polybius Square is a cipher where the letters of the alphabet are represented by numbers on a 5x5 five five grid. Because we love here at Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast to explain verbally things better explained by a visual, uh, imagine you have the numbers 1 through 5 as a column and row headers of this grid. Then, in the grid, the letter A is at position 1, 1, or 11, and Z is at the coordinates 5, 5, or 55. You get the idea. You can Google it. Uh, truly, Polybius is a very interesting figure. So let's talk about the ancient Greek historian instead of this silly video game nonsense. No, no. Sorry, Andy. As terrible an idea as it would be to give you any platform to express yourself in any way possible. I don't know how to finish that sentence. So I think it's best if we just forget you and we move on to the video game Polybius. Yeah, you're right, Art. Um, well, let me, Josh, <laughs> tell you all about Polybius. Legend has it, in the year of our Lord, 1981, in the Portland, Oregon area, a mysterious new arcade game started appearing in one arcade, or maybe multiple arcades. The game had a plain black case with only the name Polybius on the front marquee. A purported screenshot shows a gaming company name listed. Sinisloshin. Sinisloshin. Sinisloshin is a kind of mashup of German words, but not done correctly. Combines the German words sine, or senses, and loschen, to extinguish or to delete. It loosely translates in English to sense delete or sensory deprivation. It was a mysterious game developed by a mysterious company. While it was new to the scene, Polybius became an instant hit. With people lining up to play it, fights broke out over the chances to play next. Players became addicted to the gameplay. According to those who played it, Polybius was sort of a combination of the arcade classics Tempest and Galaga. Galaga is one of my favorite games of all time. Some even say Polybius was a prototype of Tempest. Regardless, Polybius players were treated to a feast for the consciousness. The game's vector graphics were used to show brilliant multicolored puzzles. Some descriptions of the gameplay describe a ship controlled by a player shooting at numbered objects, which, when destroyed, reduce the value of the central object on the screen by the same amount. When the central object reached zero, the game got harder. As players advanced, the background screen became progressively more distracting. The combination of bright colors, vibrant colors, sorry, the combination of bright lights, vibrant colors, hypnotic patterns, and subliminal messaging got players hooked. And it messed with their minds. Players of Polybius were known to suffer some pretty distressing effects. Some people got insomnia or night terrors or began to hallucinate or suffered amnesia. One Polybius-related suicide is suspected and a murder as well. Players reported losing control of their thoughts after spending time after spending some time on Polybius. They said they uh, had the sensation of being pushed towards negative thoughts and feeling they were a danger to themselves. Arcade goers also saw mysterious men in black hanging around the arcade, possibly playing a couple of games. <laughs> we don't know. 
gathering some kind of data from the Polybius machine. It's suspected that they were U.S. government official, uh, U.S. government agents studying the game's psychoactive effects. Some even say Polybius was used by the government to test players' mental and physical skills as a military recruitment tool. Oh, wow. It's just like that movie. Garfield Cart Furious Racing. <laughs> no, no, wait. That's not right. The Last Starfighter. That's the name of the movie. That's what this is just like. The Last Starfighter. The 1984 movie about a teen who gets a high score on a video game designed by extraterrestrials to help them recruit someone to aid them in fighting their space war. And after all this chaos, Polybius disappeared as suddenly as it appeared. Only a month after showing up in Portland, the game was gone, without a trace left behind. Since then, only few artifacts of the game have been preserved, and all of them of questionable authenticity. After Polybius disappeared, there wasn't a lot of press or information about it. Some people say Polybius was remembered by Portland gamers or discussed on Usenet forums in the 90s, but there's no proof of either being true. What we do know for sure is that on February 6th of 2000, an entry for Polybius was added to the website coinop.org. The coinop entry didn't have a ton of information on Polybius, mainly just the stuff we already know and told you. The entry did make the claim that the ROM existed for Polybius. In case you're not a friggin' nerded out weirdo like Art, let me explain what ROM is. An arcade yeah, game ROM. Yeah, you're not a nerded, weirded out nerd like me. <laughs> An arcade Just game me. ROM is basically the image of the game. It's a random random access memory. What does ROM stand for? Random read-only memory. Read-only memory. That's right. I should have known that. Uh, you can use a computer to emulate an arcade game or an arcade machine, load up the ROM, and run the script to actually let you play the game. Obviously, a ROM of the game is a huge deal. Hey, it was a big deal. And believe us, Bunk Funkers, we'll hear more about the ROM later on um but right now we're gonna hear some more about the legend of polybius sometime in 2003 the owner of coinop.org kurt kohler uh that's a fun almost marvel-esque name kurt kohler he's uh by day he's guy who runs an arcade by night he's video game man <laughs> marvel if you're looking to hire <laughs> Yeah, he, he's got a, like, joystick in his tummy. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I imagine maybe he's like a, what's that, ah, that fucking guy from, uh, who cheated on Donkey Kong, Bobby, uh, Bobby Ferguson or Bobby something? Fisher? Oh, I don't, is it Fisher? I, don't, is, I think that might be the chess guy. Yeah, that's the I'm chess guy. his name. Uh, anyway, uh, Kirk Kohler, he sent some information about Polybius to gaming magazine GamePro. I was a Game Informer guy, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, GamePro was intrigued and put a write-up about Polybius in its September 2003 issue. So much like the ROM, this was also a big deal. This press coverage brought out the 80s Polybius players and even people involved in developing the game. One such person was Stephen Roach. Stephen posted on the coinop.org forums in 2006, claiming he was one of the original programmers of Polybius. Uh-uh. Hey, guys, did Cindy Margolis just walk into this story? Because, wow, what a bombshell. Pulls open. 
Let's get wet. <laughs> oh, ooh-wee, goo-goo-ga. That's my famous catchphrase. We're doing catchphrases. Oh, boy. <laughs> and we are having fun now, gang. <laughs> I wonder what other famous catchphrases will make an appearance today. Well, you never know. You're going to have to listening. keep listening. Yeah. Anyway, Stephen Roach said that he and a few other programmers created the company that made Polybius, Sinuslotion, in 1978. In the interest of full disclosure... Roach did misspell the name of the company more than once in the post, but it's still a claim. It's still a claim. <laughs> Don't laugh at him. It's still a claim. According to Roach, he and Sinus Lotion were hired by, quote, a South American company that shall remain nameless for legal purposes, end quote, to make a puzzle type game with a, quote, new approach to video game graphics, end quote. And bunkfuckers, you got to hand it to Roach and team. Making a game that causes mind control and health ailments was definitely an innovative approach to video game graphics. Unfortunately for Roach, he and Sineslosh, you did that much better than me, were like <laughs> Icarus. And Plebeus was their wings, and hurting children with video game graphics was the sun, or something. <laughs> Polybius would have loved that analogy, if he were alive. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, the point is that Roach said the game got pulled from arcades after causing a kid to have a seizure. According to Roach, quote, a 13-year-old boy from the Lloyd District of Portland, Oregon, had suffered an epileptic fit while playing the game, only six days after the machines had literally been installed, end quote. I really identify with Stephen Roach in the sense that he was so good at his job that he hurt people by accident and his employer became afraid of his power. <laughs> power hungry i see what you're doing uh it, very similar to your case josh a website had to publish a rebuttal to Stephen roach's claims in the case of polybius that website was none other than coinop.org the polybius entry on coinop.org was edited in 2009 to add the following quote quick update we just wanted to go on record here that Stephen roach is full of himself and knows nothing about the, this game we have it on good authority. No, Polybius is not a Tempest prototype. No, Polybius is not a vector game. Does the title screen look vector? No, it does not. This almost sounds like they're arguing with themselves in their own quote. <laughs> but we recently received some new information about the game, today being May 16, 2009. And yes, one of us is flying to Kiev, Ukraine area tomorrow. And yes, the trip is related to this information. Stay tuned. Unquote. That was a big quote. Uh, <laughs> after that, Stephen Roach was forced to legally change his name to Stephen Wrecked because the dude got absolutely destroyed. He didn't oh, actually yeah. do that, but. He should have, though. Should've. He should have. He definitely yeah. should have. He should have made a lot of different choices in his life. As when we'll find you out. get roasted and dunked on by other people, you have to. it should be legally required that you have to legally change your name. And it'll be like a Game of Thrones things where all the bastards have like a very specific name tied to their region, and you have a name. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. My I'll favorite part about that whole idea. quote is that the person actually <laughs> writing the quote answers their own rhetoricals, which I love <laughs> people who answer their own rhetoricals. I love to th imagine that that quote was like dictation from some sort of an angry uh, council meeting or something. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, as it turns out, Stephen Roach may have been uh, legitimately destroying the lives of children, but uh, not through video game graphics, but through uh, disturbing torture. Huh? Uh, writer and Polybius expert Kat Despira uh, uncovered that a man named Stephen Roach, who, along with his wife, Glenda, uh, ran a beh behavioral modification program at a facility called Sunrise Beach, which was in Baja, Mexico. 
Apparently, the program was shut down due to the abusive techniques employed by Stephen and Glenda. Eh, we won't list all the offenses here, but uh, let's just say that calling it torture, it's justified. <laughs> Very much so. Um, Stephen and Glenda got arrested, actually, in May of 1996 and ran off to the Czech Republic. Oh, baby. Uh, where they started another behavior modification program. Well, see, they learned their lesson. Uh, having learned nothing, literally, uh, <laughs> being absolutely <laughs> horrible people, the couple did the exact same thing and got arrested again in November of 1998. Eh, here's the thing. To be fair, bunk funkers, it's not definitively uh, known if Stephen Roach, if the Stephen Roach who posted on the CoinOp forums is the same Stephen Roach who is also a gigantic piece of shit and tortures people. But the Coinot poster claimed to be based in the Czech Republic. So there's that. All right. I just want to throw this in there real quick. If you got so bad that the Mexican government and the Czech Republic government (laughs) had to come in and shut you down, you know you've made some mistakes. Yeah, it's not like this was the government of Denmark doing this or something. Like (laughs) one of these like Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Uh, But hey, now comes the part of every episode that I just love. Bunk Funkers, we've given you all this information on Polybius, and what an interesting story it is. But hey, that game we've just been telling you about has never actually been proven to exist. Oh my god, it feels good to do that. Yo, you really love to piss in people's Cheerios. <laughs> it's the start of a well-balanced breakfast. <laughs> you, you know, honestly, I would not be surprised if you did actually eat piss Cheerios for breakfast. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Honey nut and urine. <laughs> Ooh, gives a whole ex- new expression to honey nut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh. cum in there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we mentioned earlier that a write-up about Polybius appeared in 2003 issue of GamePro magazine. That feature was called Secrets and Lies. By the way, uh, sorry, that feature called Secrets and Lies, by the way, Describe the existence of Polybius as inconclusive. Aside from GamePro, other gaming magazines at the time didn't mention Polybius. Despite the claims of the health on players, Polybius also was never mentioned in any news media at the time. Additionally, we mentioned earlier that the original coinop.org entry for Polybius said that a ROM of the game existed. The problem is, an authentic ROM of the original game has never been documented. An authentic Polybius cabinet has also never been documented. There have been plenty of imitations created, but a real deal Polybius game hasn't been proven to exist. You know, one game that has definitely been proven to exist is the Simpsons arcade game. Uh, But that game has never really hurt anyone, unless you count my wallet. It ain't funny. It's cost me a lot of money. Hey, there it is. Adam's famous catchphrase. (laughs) I like it. Um, All right. Now for something else I'm famous for, since we're on an Adam roll, uh, adding additional information to the topic at hand. Uh, I do this on our show all the time. I am the the guy from Cheers. Cliff Clavin. I'm the Cliff Clavin of our show. That's just (laughs) very much big Cliff energy. So maybe nobody has ever really shown that Polybius was a real thing. Cat. Despira still says there's a bit of truth in there. According to Cat, in November of 1981, a game that was a lot like Tempest did show up in some Portland arcades. The game appeared on bills of sale for five arcade operators at the time, and its existence was confirmed by Todd Levy, the owner of the only game distributor in the area at the time, 
Ability Games Distribution Company. The name of the game was Tempest. It was Tempest. Another little kernel of truth in the Polybius story is that of the players getting sick. In the same month, Tempest appeared in Portland area arcades, November 1981. In only one day, two different kids got sick while playing games in the same Portland area arcade. 12-year-old Brian Maru, Maro was trying to set a world record for the longest time playing a game of Asteroids when, after 28 hours at the Malibu Grand Prix arcade machine, he got sick. Maru said during his marathon gaming session, he was only drinking orange juice and Coca-Cola, which is my go-to, by the way. <laughs> Another good breakfast. <laughs> which gave him an upset tummy. If he ended up getting explosive diarrhea, the press didn't report on it. Oh, my God. Come on, press. Give us the facts we want to know. That's got to be in the nut graph. <laughs> That's a journalism term. <laughs> nut graph. Oh, no. Right I picture top. something altogether different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never heard that term before. That's a different term. <laughs> I show my yeah. wife a nut graph every couple of days. Hey, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I had a lawnmower accident and I had to get a nut graph, too. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> lawnmower. Oh, are you laying down on Long people's lawns again? Yeah, <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> anyway, after Brian Morrow, then there was 14 year old Michael Lopez who fell ill with a migraine while playing Tempest. Also at the Malibu Grand Prix Arcade on the very same day as Moro. The Malibu Grand Prix was the place to be to play video games and vomit. <laughs> of course, Tempest got blamed for the migraine. What with its intense vector graphics and flashing lights. But let's be real. Did Lopez get the migraine from Tempest? Or did he just get a migraine while playing Tempest? We may never know for sure. That's true. But something we do know for sure is that around the same time, one death was linked to arcade uh, to arcade games, specifically the arcade game Berserk. Um, in April 1982, Peter Bukowski collapsed after a couple of high-score games of Berserk at the Friar Tuck Game Room in Calumet City, Illinois. Ever been there, Art? No, I have not. Okay, well, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> uh, was not alive. Just your um, chance. <laughs> Bukowski suffered a heart attack and was announced dead on arrival at the hospital. Now, Berserk has often been society, society, cited excuse me, as causing Bukowski's heart attack, but according to media reports, Bukowski had a pre-existing heart condition, which was undetected. Anecdotal evidence suggests that Bukowski wasn't doing well when he arrived at Friar Tuck's that day, and it's believed that playing Berserk didn't cause Bukowski's heart attack, but aggravated his existing condition. Jeez, this is one fucking intense game. Yeah. Right. What the fuck's going on in this game? I almost want to go play Berserk now. I know. Yeah, right? Jeez, Louise. In addition to these incidents, in the USA between 1981 and 1984, nine instances of seizures caused by video games were reported. Uh, it's fair to mention that most people suffered these seizures uh, playing on home consoles, with only one instance happening while playing on an arcade, ga arcade game in the 1980s Astro Fighter. See, these fucking video games, they're violent and they kill. I'm just saying. <laughs> Tipper Gore was right all along. She was right all along. Tipper, we need you. They're melting the kids' brains. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my brains. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Another little kernel of truth in the Polybius story is that of the mysterious men in black from the government. There are lots of rumors in arcades in the early 80s about government agents hanging around, and actually these rumors were not unfounded. According to Todd Luoto 
co-producer of Radiotopia's The Polybius Conspiracy, quote, there, there were FBI that came up to the Portland area and placed hidden cameras and actually tracked people through their high score initials that they left. So there actually was an FBI raid that people remember. But then they remember that there actually were these men in black figures that would go there as well. So some say that they weren't trying to brainwash kids, but they were trying to keep tabs on the arcade, end quote. Skeptoids, felonious HBD, convicted felon and noted skeptic, handsome Brian Dunning, found that the FBI raided some Portland area arcades only 10 days after Brian Morrow and Michael Lopez had their day of gaming and throwing up. The FBI raided arcades where the owners were thought to be using the games for gambling. To get evidence to justify the raids, the FBI did actually monitor games at the arcades for tampering, including recording high scores. So this sounds a lot like the last Starfighter scenario, except in this case, people misconstrued the FBI's gambling and drug stings for recruiting super soldiers. A classic mistake. (laughs) Uh, And what's interesting is that games like Tempest were actually a favorite of the FBI. Agents like to put cameras and microphones on these machines because the glass bezels made for a good place to install this kind of stuff. Regardless, the combination of all these events made one tasty cocktail, which most skeptics aren't drinking, and now generally agree the whole thing is nothing more than an urban legend. While most of these folks agree that Polybius probably never existed, not everyone agrees the actual origin of the so-called myth of Polybius. Brian Dunning thinks the legend was set by 1984, which was the year The Last Starfighter was released. Dunning believes Polybius influenced the story of The Last Starfighter as well. Dunning also notes that the 1984 Robert Max novel Arcade is potentially an even better connection to the Polybius story. Arcade is about a game called Space Escape, that takes over the minds of its players. Now, computer consultant and writer Patrick Kellogg thinks the Polybius legend can be attributed to players misremembering playing a game from 1983 called Cube Quest. Now, (laughs) I'm personally still playing Cube Quest, but not the fucking arcade game. I'm talking about my quest to own as many cubes as possible. God, it feels good to buy cubes. Put your baby... Where are your hands? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> They're under this blanket that I cover myself in. Uh, anyway, Cube Quest is a shooter that was Speaking played. Of shooter. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, baby, I'm shooting. Shooting Cube Lube. My own personal <laughs> brand. Uh, anyway, Cube Quest is a shooter. <laughs> Anywho, uh, it's a shooter that was played on Laserdisc, which is actually a format that I still remember. Okay? Yeah. I am familiar with Laserdisc. You do. Uh, The game got rave reviews for its graphics, and Kellogg referred to the graphics as, quote, revolutionary and uh, way beyond other games at the time. Kellogg also notes that Laserdick... Laserdisc players were notorious for breaking down and uh, required a lot of maintenance. Now, since CubeQuest suffered from the same issues... Eh, the game didn't tend to spend a lot of time on arcade floors. The game, you know, the game can't make the arcade owner any money if it's being repaired all the time. So CubeQuest ended up like all of my non-cube-related goals stashed in a room in the back. Um, c- cool. Uh, good, good luck with that, Art. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Um, Thanks, Josh. So anyway, not 
everybody believes that the legend of Polybius started back in the 80s. Stuart Brown, the video game journalist and filmmaker, who you might know as Ahoy on YouTube, believes that Polybius myth came into existence no earlier than the year 2000. 2000 was the year Polybius appeared on coinop.org's website. Brown believes that Kurt Kohler, CoinOp's owner, posted the Polybius entry in order to drive traffic to the website. Brown's research did not reveal any mentions anywhere of Polybius before 2000, so Brown believes that Kohler created the 1980s myth to make the game seem more real. Kohler then got GamePro to run a story on Polybius, and the myth was born. In Brown's opinion, the Polybius screenshot posted to the, to the CoinOp entry also reeks of a ripoff. The fonts on the Polybius screen, according to Brown, look similar to the fonts used in two Williams Electronics arcade games, Bubbles and Robotron 2084. The fonts do look similar, and the Williams games were released in 1982, so close to when Polybius appeared. Now, as a fun end to this tale, and for yet another switcheroo, I'm pleased to let you know that Polybius did eventually become a real game. It's like a Pinocchio. <laughs> In 2007, Rogue Synapse bought the Zinislotion.com domain and allowed folks to download a free PC game called Polybius. The Rogue Synapse design was based in part on the Stephen Roach description of the gameplay. Then, in 2017, Llamasoft released a PS4 game called Polybius, which you can play on PlayStation VR. This Polybius is a tunnel shooter which definitely has colorful and fast-changing graphics. All right, Bunk Funkers, it's time to step up and show us what you got. Pop your quarter into the Bunk Tech arcade classic, Bunky Kong Jr. But be careful! Players of Bunky Kong Jr. have been known to spend hours at the machine, unable to give it up. When they finally do stop playing, people have reported sensations of satisfaction, especially in the mind tummy. It's almost as if the machine is somehow interacting with the player, giving them the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of Polybius. With us, um, with us still is Adam and Josh from the Twisted 10 podcast, twisted10.com. At the Twisted Ten, at the Twisted on Ten, media. you can find their merch. You can find the Patreon. You can find the Discord. Which, hey, we're in the Discord, so you can, yeah, we'll chat with you, yeah, and you can all hang out in the Twisted Ten Discord and and listen live. Um, Adam and Josh, thank you guys for the plugs. That's uh, we're very very honored <laughs> to be on the show and really to meet other cool podcasters in the industry. It's 
I, I like yeah, it's, it's it's there's ver- there's you know uh, there's there's good people that you can get along with in the industry, and then there's people that are really popular that are just dicks. Yeah. And you guys are are cool. I mean, you have that, dicks. That, but we're cool. that weird mix of not popular but dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And also, man, I hope you guys. Uh, I mean. Were you saying us? Because I think we, I thought you meant like other shows. You know, you, you're meeting other shows that are cool and popular. No, we've we've had some good interactions with uh, most all of our interactions are are pretty good with the other shows that we've dealt with. But every uh, once in a while, we'll one, reach out to uh, try to get a connection with a podcast, and you know, they're just too highbrow or too you know too over our uh-huh. our limit. So we're we, right. you know they'll shut us down pretty quick and kind of just give us the cold yeah. shoulder. But yeah. the letter yeah. from our yeah, agent bro. is in the mail. <laughs> you have an agent. Sure. Wow. 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 Um, from an agent. Jeez. So one time you guys, obviously a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, we know that you guys are a couple of gamers. Um, Andy and I big time gamers. Oh yeah. Um, well, Andy, you used to be a, a bigger gamer than you are today, but yeah. Uh, oh, good luck. Yeah, it's I, I, I gave you a lot less than, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I used to weigh 8,000 pounds. <laughs> um, I swallowed a small star uh, on accident one time. You you really were into Mario 64. And you were like, oh, I got to get me one of those stars. I was really into Super Mario Galaxy. That's and, what it does. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I was eating the star shards. Um, I got to ask, though. I got to ask. I mean, what's your guys' uh, – were, were you guys big arcade gamers? Were you guys more console guys? Were you like PC gaming from uh, – the beginning what's the video game history here? you know I, I love the question because josh and i represent two different generations really yeah josh is 10 love years it. younger than i am which ron our other co-host on the show is the same age r- roughly as i am so it's often okay. me and him Whoa. me and ron are the old guys yeah 100 we have a sound bite of an old dude that we play all the time in the <laughs> studio but um we're older than josh josh hasn't grown up the same way we did as as kids but as a 40 something now uh i i still have the v- really vivid memories of the enjoyment of going to the mall with my parents or even just with some friends and going to the arcade and spending eight hours inside that arcade, wow. throwing quarters in these machines and just having fun. That doesn't exist wow. for like my kids. Now they don't have that, that kind right. of feeling. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, going to the arcade when I was a kid, like I say, Galaga was one of my absolute all time favorite games in history. Yeah. Um, as well wow. as what okay. was a spy, spy rate, spy hunter, hunter, Spy Hunter? Spy Hunter. That sounds familiar. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. I don't think I... Um, But I grew up with the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and then in all the different console iterations. um, I loved simulation games like Gran Turismo, all the way from the original up through the latest iterations. But uh, Uh. where I lost 10 years out of my life, I say lost, but I had a lot of good memories and it was a lot of fun, is I was a huge World of Warcraft player. There it is. I knew it was coming. Big time nerd. I knew it was coming. I did. Wow, uh, guys. My group was, uh, we had on one of our, our groups, our guild that we had, we had, we were a realm first for a Lich King kill. So we were pretty proud of that when, when it happened. Wow. But, yeah. Josh is way more of a gamer than I am now. I'll tell you that right off the bat. Nice. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Josh, you, you, uh, you stream on Twitch? Yes or no? I, Have I seen that? Am I confusing that with you, other things? You did see that. I will confess that I am very, very inactive. I'm, I'm in the middle okay. of a move. I've got just my life is in crazy disarray right now until we're in our new house. But uh, yeah, Josh the Casual is my name on Twitch. It's my name on everywhere. So yeah, come in there if you um, see it go live. Check it out. So I mean, Josh, it sounds like you and I are kind of uh, around the same. Did you grow up with like the my first 
I had never, I mean, the only arcades I played in were like little ones in the back of a pizza hut. Right. So it's like those kind of arcade games. Um, but my first console was the, uh, well, first I had like the game boy, I had the original game boy, but then I had, or I had the game boy pocket, then the game boy color. But the first real console I had was, um, the, uh, PlayStation one. Are we, are we in a similar era there? We are, however, okay. there's a couple of differences. As I, I mentioned wow. earlier in the show, I, I spent most of my early life overseas. And that's um, true. One right. of the repercussions of doing that is that I still had old school coin op arcades and stuff. I did still do that. We had one on the base I was on, um, a pretty big one, like connected to the food court area if you've ever been on an Air Force base. But had a big one there. My first console, though, was actually a Nintendo. Uh, so for me, I was born in 88. We, uh, I had a Nintendo, or I should more accurately say my dad had a Nintendo because I get my love for gadgets and games and tinkering from him. So I have nice. literally been gaming as far back as I can remember. And I've had wow. the great fortune of having my own drive to buy games and my dad's drive to buy games. So I've had, at one point or another, basically every major console that's come out since wow. yeah it's actually it's, i don't want to sound like i'm bragging at all but he's I, loaded too by the way <laughs> it's, man, it's just, yeah mr millionaire it's, it's, God, it's nothing, something like that second hand will save you dollars but it's <laughs> but it's um so just i mean having that i've i have played a lot of video games in my life and nice. we breed so we breed gamers too. We kind of talked about this in the break, but I'll throw it out yes, there. We did. My son, yeah. my son's seventeen, so I've got kids aging from one all the way up to seventeen. My son got the itch for video gaming when he was about eight, and he has not stopped since. So he's been gaming ever since then for just over ten years. He's even started a YouTube channel. I'm going to plug him if that's okay to to, to go to for listeners. it. Yeah, do it. But uh, his channel is called The Outcasts. He's got about 45, 40, between forty three and forty five. I don't remember what it is. Thousand subscribers? No, forty three subscribers. That's all he's got. <laughs> forty three. No. <laughs> he's got a uh, he's got enough income from his YouTube channel where me telling him to go out and get a job is pointless. He's making enough money yeah. on his YouTube channel to buy his own truck. I mean, it's it's. I'm super oh proud God. of him, and he's a huge gamer. Awesome. If you're into the game Ark. Then go check out the Outcasts on uh, Ark on Survival Evolved. If you love dinosaurs and uh, raiding people's bases <laughs> and destroying everything they've worked on for ten hours, yep. Uh, yeah, please check out the Outcasts. Um, that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, that's kudos. Cool. Thanks. Uh, I'm proud of him. Yeah, he does. He does. Well. He's a good kid. Very, too. very cool. Um, you know, you had asked boy, oh me. You'd asked me in at the beginning of all of that what my top game of all time. Yeah, is. yeah. What's your What's your top games? Yeah, I I have it. It's a two part answer. The one game that I have played more of in my life than any other game. It's a very old one. It's called Ultima Online. Okay. So we, okay. We got a couple of, that's an, that's another MMO, right? It is. I'm not going to say another MMO. It's the original MMO. (laughs) I know. And that's like a bold claim, but it's the first (laughs) visual game that was multiplayer across the internet. That wasn't just a mud, like a text multi-user dungeon, right? Just a text-based game. So it's, uh, it's something that I started playing again with my dad in 2000, and those servers are still live. There's wow. there's actually a wow. new version that the current owner, like owner five or six of the franchise, is has coming out later this year. So I'm pretty excited. It's still part of it. I don't play like I used to, but because uh, games have just gotten better, it just touches that sweet nostalgia spot in the bottom of my heart yeah. that I just can't <laughs> find go. anywhere else. Currently, though, if I had to pick one game to end all games, it would be Final Fantasy 14. 
Still an MMO, wow. still an MMO, but oh. if I was on still a an MMO. desert island with an internet connection and unlimited power, that's the <laughs> game of choice. There is so much shit to do. There you go. Go find Josh the Casual playing his uh, tiny cat girl, white mage. Uh, <laughs> How does he know? Uh, he does. Doing raids. Uh, <laughs> I I know very little. I know I have so many friends who uh, have sunk in uh, an unbelievable amount of hours in a in a FF14. So uh, uh, yeah, that is a very popular game still even to today. Number one. Um, uh, number one and. Uh, that's pretty incredible, guys. Yeah. I mean, um, Adam, you mentioned uh, Galaga is one of your favorite. Oh yeah, all time games, and that's that's an arcade classic. Josh, any favorites from the arcade for you? Oh, right. absolutely. Um, so old school arcade. I love pinball machines. I could sit and oh, play nice. a pinball machine yes. for hours. Give me two of them, oh, and I'm yeah. not coming home for a day and a half. But <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know what it is. Just it's so twitchy. It's fun to play. Uh, There's something true. about a pinball machine that I just. I'm like you, Josh. I find it s- just so fun. I don't know what it is. It's about It's mechanical. It. The mecha- like. So there's a uh, there's a barcade uh, in Chicago um, that Andy and I have gone to on a few different occasions. I think. Mm-hmm. And in one of the they they host they have like over I think they have like seventy pinball machines. That's like their big thing. It's like a dive bar attached to an arcade and but. In the corner, where they don't highlight it very well because it's kind of an old piece of shit, but it's awesome. It's an old, like, 70s or whatever pinball. It's all mechanical. There's nothing digital about it. Right. Um, This thing fucking rules. And what's great about it is that uh, because it's so old, you can, like, cheese it to where it just gives you, like, infinite balls. And you're just fucking, you're just playing all night long. And it's just, that one I love yeah. way more than the digital ones because there's all these, like, it's like clunky and it's, the clickers are loud and it's, it like, it's, you know, it's just so mechanical. There's and like, something about it that's addictive. Yeah. You I start playing the name it's of hard it. to walk away from it. It's like Lucky 7 or something weird. It's, it's yeah. there's not even like a theme to it. Like, you know, like pinballs always have like a fun tie in. Yeah, it's not a, you know, it's not a The Rock themed pinball. Yeah. And I'm talking about the movie The Rock, not <laughs> Do you smell the Rock, the rock Johnson. Is- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the physics. Uh, the physics behind those games is what entertains yeah. the, the the person who is a gamer enjoys some games that might have, you know, uh CGI versions of physics. Like, oh, the physics here, you can turn off gravity or whatever. Well, a pinball game, an old school one, is real physics. That's that's, <laughs> that's actual physics real gravity. in place. <laughs> yeah, real gravity affecting yeah. that ball. But yeah, dude, I um, love pinball games too. That's that's a blast. I have them downloaded on my tablet. I play, I play pinball on wow. a tablet. Jesus, <laughs> you got a couple of, a couple of pinheads over here. <laughs> well, you got to do something um, when you're pooping. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You do have to do something when you're pooping. Yeah, I'm normally just crying and <laughs> making noise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come in here. <laughs> oh. oh, it hurts. <laughs> And you know it's, it's fun too. So you know, Adam, you mentioned the Simpsons game earlier. I actually have very strong memories as a kid. One of the places, one of the arcades I used to play at, had the Simpsons arcade game. And I, I, I had a birthday party, and one of the I turned twenty five, and I just took all of my money out of savings and just played the Simpsons game. It was uh, okay. So I was that, eight, that game, um, but that is that really what really I wanted to do. I was like, quarters. Mom, Dad, for my party. I want enough money and I want to beat the Simpsons arcade game at the youth center. And so we did. We had a party there and they gave nice. me enough money and I sat there and they just kept feeding me quarters until we beat it. And the owner of this arcade was thinking, 
Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Who'd you play the whole way through? Um, Were you Bart? I, I was actually Marge. Ah, uh, Marge is such an underrated she's character. Got the she's probably got more distance with that yeah, vacuum. Yeah, the vacuum is a great weapon. She's got the range, man. We, did we play through the Simpsons arcade game at that arcade, Andy? I think I we think we did. I think we put through like a good amount of quarters into yeah. that game, but that game really sucks quarters in. It's, it's, it's a, it's a it can get a little. Game. It can get a little cheap in certain areas where it mm-hmm. feels like you can't get past it unless you uh, really cheese it or something. Or uh, congratulations, man. you've completed the tutorial. Yeah. Insert fifty more cents, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is a great game. It's true. I like that game a lot. I will say, you know, on, on the topic of the show tonight for uh, Polybius, if because I have done this search in the past, if you've ever gone to search to see if you can find the original ROM of Polybius, you need to be careful <laughs> because there's a yeah. lot of sites that have what they claim is the original ROM, and then suddenly your computer is uh, encrypted and you have to pay a hundred yeah. bucks to get it unlocked. So just be and very then suddenly. Careful. German dungeon porn is on your computer, and you're like, "Oh, geez, I this don't isn't know what... my usual stuff." Why? Where's my? Where's this? Uh, I guess I mean it's here. I guess I'll make use of it. And then you're like, "Oh, I don't know." And then you're crying, and then you know, you're like, "Look, I have over thirty terabytes of German dungeon porn, and I've never seen this image before." <laughs> you remember clearly those something is going wrong. You're, you can't rewatch the same one you've seen before. It's just no, it's just no, do it for you. Just, not when you have, feels cheap. Not when you have thirty terabytes, you just don't stop watching it. I mean, I've heard That's German true. dungeon porn in the background a couple times guys <laughs> yeah well we, we, it's picking up on the microphones well uh, i do have it on my phone huh. uh it's on a tv it's on a computer huh. uh, and it's all playing three different things all at once ironically yeah. we heard in the background mm-hmm. the the same thing as was in our, our podcast tonight the solstein slicing yeah yeah we're trying to delete our senses too you know <laughs> But the good thing, By drowning out the world with German right. dungeon porn. That's right. Ron and Josh here in the Twisted Ten Studios make fun of me because I do. I legitimately have bad memory. I don't know it's if it's worst. because it's lack of sleep or what. I don't know what it is, but my memory kind of kind of sucks. Uh, it, but I, I always put the optimistic spin on it. So going back and playing old video games or going back and watching old porns are all a brand new experience for me. So that's there you wow. go. Everything uh, old is new again for Adam. That's right. It's true. But old is um, not good. That's the category I don't like. Oh, well. So, <laughs> he's not into mature. <laughs> uh, not into those gilfs. No gilfs but for Speaking Adam. of gilfs, would you guys... <laughs> what about a... Gilf is a grandma. I'd like to, what about a game you'd like to fuck? Would you guys fuck with Polybius? Would you play this game? Yeah, I think you saw it in arcade. You I think I would. Game. I think I would. It's enough hype has been behind this game that if somehow the holy grail of yeah games Andy. was uncovered and there's the ROM, you could emulate the ROM on your home computer. Oh fuck yeah, I think I would. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would want to know the the psychological you know association to the mind control and what it would could possibly okay. do. So I would go in it huh. with like a hey, like a, like a, a when you're going to buy something off Craigslist. Hey Josh, I'm going to play this game. If you don't hear from me in 20 minutes, come on over and rescue me or something. It'd be one of those types of scenarios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, tell, play it in a public place and tell people where you are. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. You know there are uh, there are there are a lot of YouTube videos that claim to like show Polybius gameplay. Um, and part of the thing about Polybius is like the visual stimulation of the oh, yeah. whole thing. And I watched a few videos that claim to have Polybius gameplay. And I'll be honest, I you know, even if I did play it, I'm not sure how much I could take. Because some of these things, I mean, maybe I'm getting too old here, but <laughs> I was like, this kind of hurts my eyes. Yeah, dude, I was about to say the same thing. I was like, I'm looking at like 
Tempest, Tempest, and I'm like, I would never, I don't fucking like those vector games at all. <laughs> Tempest is fun. I have played Tempest before. It kind of hurt my eyes. I like Tempest. I don't like the vector games. I don't mm. like them. Did you? Um... I'm not. A, I'm not an Asteroids guy. Don't. I don't want that era. It's too. It's just. I don't know. There's something about it. The controls feel weird. I don't like it. So I have to ask then. Uh, you said so. You've played Tempest. Yeah. Did you shit all over yourself? <laughs> Because of the game. We got to quantify oh, right. that. Yeah, because of the game. Because right. of the game. I can neither confirm nor deny those rumors that <laughs> yes. while playing Tempest for only five minutes, I shit myself until I passed out. <laughs> I can confirm, though, that Andy's face is plastered all over that arcade saying, do not let him in. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Hang on. We were looking at this so the wrong way, I don't know if that's guys. related. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're looking at this the wrong way. If Polybius is, induces violent diuretic shitting, this is like... <laughs> A cure-all for constipation. So That's true. we should market it that way. Yeah, Let's, you don't remember. You don't remember what's if happening. Up. And then you evacuate you your bowels. I mean, this is a win-win, I think. Get a nap. Yeah, if you don't like drinking prune juice, just go and play Polybius for a little bit, <laughs> and you'll be fine and dandy. It's true. You don't need to buy no milk of, milk of magnesia. <laughs> what is it? Sure. I was That's about it. to say milk of Malaysia. <laughs> oh, no. Milk of Malaysia is a totally different mixture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Milk of Malaysia. Milk of Magnesia? What is it? Yeah, no, you had it. Ah, whatever. Milk of Magnesia. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. It's magnesium dosed milk, like soy something. I don't know. It's it's nasty. It tastes like chalk, but it works. Oh, baby, does it work? Um, <laughs> Not as lube. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? Um, Art loves eating chalk. <laughs> oh, baby. I got kicked out of a lot of schools as an adult <laughs> for breaking in and eating their chalk. Um, Among other crimes, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play. I don't think I'd play it if it if it has those kinds of graphics, like especially the. Um, you guys looked up the VR version that exists today from that company that bought Sinischlauschen, and then uh, yeah, did anybody play the like, Lamasoft, the twenty seventeen version? Way too it's on much. Steam. Too much colors. Too much. Co- I'm like, oh Jesus! Is it really? It, I might brain. have to go. I've got Steam. I might have to go download no, no, it no. to see what let it's me, like. Let me buy it on PlayStation because I have a PSVR. Ooh. We can go yeah, all it is, in. It is on. It is on Steam. Um, this is I the saw it there. so I watched some of the videos, you know, of the the gameplay from Steam, and it's 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 intense. Like it's the same thing where I don't know how long I could sit and play it. Yeah, this is the last time since it, Josh yeah, is yeah. going to download it on PlayStation VR, and I'm going to go over to his house, and we're going to do it together. This is the th- this podcast <laughs> might go down as like you know the last show Adam and Josh were ever on. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, you guys will have to like let us know that you. Were not abducted by the government, uh, true. or you didn't, um, you know, become get recruited to be super soldiers. I'll let, I'll let you know <laughs> about my strong love for authoritative governments afterwards. <laughs> I'll I'll let you know how it goes. Be like more centralized power. There you go. Yes, that's what we need. Uh, more shilling. Um, what what a fun like this is such a Stranger Things, just fun fucking like nostalgic like kind of game you could totally see this if this hasn't been made into some kind of movie i mean i think the last starfighter is kind of like this but it's a little over the top mm-hmm. um but you know this is such a fun like you know how this hasn't been made into like a black mirror episode or like a I don't know something fun you know that's a good call it's, this would just, be like a great black yeah, mirror it was in the simpsons yeah simpsons did it it's good well it's just there which there. which simpsons so. game wait which simpsons episode did it? Uh, uh, I think it's oh, I, Andy. Andy also has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Simpsons, so you guys can. It's a know. it's a more recent one, and I, when I say more recent one, I mean like 
Anything after like 11? <laughs> yeah, after like... Jo- Josh is feverishly Googling in I'm studio. Try- I'm trying to <laughs> find it. For it's it. like, want- don't, don't hammer him Homer or something like that. Wow. Now I, Okay. Homer, don't hand him. I'll report it's back. Like the, the plot of the episode is like Marge starts a, a handyman business, um, and but nobody wants a woman doing their handiwork. Right. So Homer pretends to be doing the handiwork uh, instead of Marge. Um, and so people start to think that he's like some kind of, you know, good craftsman or whatever. We actually, we actually had an episode of the Twisted Ten that was, I think, by another podcaster out of Orlando. His name's Rocky. He hosted the top ten Simpsons facts or something like that. So you have to go back and check out that one in the in the oh, library. Yeah, there you go. I have to go listen to it. But the the Polybius shows up in oh the episode. I was it's about like, to say it's in the background of Bart at. I think the Quickie Mart. Okay, so the B plot is Bart is doing something at the Quickie Mart, and there's the Polybius, and it's in the it's in the background. Of, he's not even looking at; it, he's looking at a different game, and Polybius is right oh. next to it, and it's got a sticker on it that says "Property of the U.S. Government." Yeah, oh, that's okay. cool. That's yeah. neato. So the Simpsons did it. Uh, it shows up somewhere else uh, in media. Oh, Josh just pulled uh, up the picture I, of it here in studio. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I forget. Yeah, well. It shows it's had some cultural, there are some pop culture references. Or guys, what if it's this? What if it shows up everywhere? All the major shows have done covers of, of something on the Polybius line, but because of the nature of the game, the government has washed our memories of that. So this is a full Uh, man. What's not Manchurian force Mandela for it's a force Mandela effect on us. That's what's happening. And then if you play it, it like unlocks something within you. Um, That would be kind of neat. It yeah. does unlock something within your bowels. That's what did it for me anyway. I was going to say, I, I could, I wouldn't put it past, you know, we've covered MK Ultra before and there's some, I mean, MK Ultra was a real thing that did happen. Oh yeah. Uh, the, you know, the conspiracy is whether it's still happening and what uh, functions it's kind of taking on, but it did happen and it, there were some very wacky, I mean, not wacky, they're disturbing right. things that went down with it, but uh, I would not put it past this to be some kind of, Attempt. I mean, you know, in the eighties, arcades were very popular. Video games were very popular. Um, I mean, you know, uh, it, yeah. yeah. And then, then it turns out all it does is make you shit your pants. And they're like, ah, oh, well, <laughs> we almost got to control them. We can control their bowels. I mean, we know <laughs> the, the government. Just says we the can government will spray chemicals at us. I mean, we all know Operation Sea Spray. <laughs> they did it. I'm sure the uh, arcade machine that might control people was like, oh, we have we have TVs. Great. How do we control children and make them better patriots? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, you guys have a, a cool topic for just a theme for the show built around conspiracies. The American public, well, the international public loves conspiracies of all kinds from, you know, everything from Polybius all the way to Flat Earth and everything. But the the, the coolest part about that and kind of the, the reason that conspiracies are so, be it any nature, conspiracies are so just entrancing to, to an audience is because every once in a while... Those things, those conspiracies turn out to be true, like the MK Ultras or, or what have you. So that, there's that's, kernels of truth. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what makes them. That's what digs the. That's what gets the hook in you because it's like, well, there's a couple of true things, and you get to solve. You get to figure out in your own way where the truth ends and the lie begins, or where the truth doesn't end. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll workshop that for you. I was onto something cool for a minute there. Yeah, and I then think I kind of uh, and... rethink that one all the way through. Uh, it started off really good, and then it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, that's pretty much the story of my life. But you know, Polybius <laughs> is like that, though. 
There's there's points of truth in here. There's very much points of truth. There were definitely FBI raids. There were definitely kids getting sick at the arcades. Oh yeah, um, the timing of it know, all. The, yeah, everything kind of happening together. This is like the golden age yeah. of arcades. Yeah, little nasty kids like little young Andy walking around being like, I put my quarter down first. Let me play. Like, hey, little. <laughs> That's definitely the kid you that piece you Piece of were. shit. Go play Polybius. Yeah. Can you imagine walking past that arcade in the mall and you get you just gaze in? You're like. Hmm, I'm kind of in the mood to play an arcade game today, and all you see are these nine and ten year old kids <laughs> shitting and vomiting. It's like, oh, I'm gonna skip it today. New plan. <laughs> I'd be like, oh hell yeah! And the smell. My turn. The, I got next. The 1980s yeah. smell of what they always used to clean up that, which was pure, 100 ammonia, just wafting through the the arcade. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, it's that carpet that's like in bowling alleys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With like the weird, weird geometric shapes on yeah. it that glows in the dark. Hides all yeah, your shame. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> Hide all your shame. You know, um, one thing about this episode that it did unlock something in me oh, other than my colon. Oh. Um, it reminded me of an arcade game that I spent a lot of time playing that I hadn't thought about for years. And that game is Primal Rage. Oh, my God. So Does much anybody fun. anybody remember this? I've never played that. that look this Josh up. remembers. You're at the right up. age for it, Josh. I I remember playing this game. Like, if I had a chance to go to the arcade, I grew up in a rural area, so we didn't have arcades. Um, but I, I had family that lived in the city, and we would go visit them. I could play at the arcade at the mall, and they had Primal Rage in there, and I loved it. I would spend the whole time playing Primal Rage. Oh, I play this for the Genesis. The, this might have been on the Sega Genesis. Is obviously on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I had it on a console at home. So it, there was a gorilla. Yeah, it was. It was a giant ape. There were two giant apes. Uh, one was the. They were all like gods, uh, and that was. It was there was. So it's a fighting game. Like, it's a fighting game. Oh, right? like a, a side a side scroller, like a. Like yep, like it's more, like Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat, Kombat but yeah. but it's it's giant King Kong and like a giant T Rex and. Some other badass shit. Yeah. No, I'm familiar with this game for sure. Yeah. And I, then I got it for my console at home. I don't remember which one, but if you say oh. Genesis, it was probably That's actually Genesis. A pretty cool game for you to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I played that in between. Uh, I played I played Primal Rage, but then, you know, a lot of times I would go back to uh, Big Bird's uh, ABCs. <laughs> Which was my go-to for until I was about twenty-one. All the young kids are like, "Oh man, let's like we got to play all these badass games." And he's like, "Hey, fellas, how about euchre? <laughs> <laughs> how about a round of euchre, fellas?" Uh, I brought my deck. No, I mean Andy. I feel like I could guess where you kind of. I think your top game is Civ, right? Would you? Is that fair to say, or would you say Total War? Which Ooh, one? In my whole life, yeah, you're you're number one. Yeah, it's the Civilization franchise. So I'm good. sure because it's. It spans so many iterations. Civ is good, but I feel like I knew, like, when I was a little kid, Civ was not, would not have been entertaining to me and was not cool to me even a little bit. I understand now as an adult why it's fun and, like, I've played it, but um, as a kid, I would have been like, oh, this is, I'm not fucking Yeah, God Mode games didn't really kick into numbers. me until later in life, yeah. too, where I enjoyed the exactly. c controlling the entire environment. You know, that, that type of civilization-style right. game was fun later in life. As a kid, yeah, no. I was simulations no. and I guess I've always arcade. been a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've always had my nose in everybody's business. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I grew up, like, early memories playing with my dad. Age of Empires, StarCraft. Like, oh, yeah. we loved that RTS, oh, that real-time strategy genre. So that macro micro management style game oh yeah been playing those for a I long a, time yeah I'm i had RPG a neighbor guy. i had a neighbor who who had a son 
who worked for Microsoft. So I got to play at their house like a pre-release version of Age of Empires. The wow. Original. That was pretty cool. I never knew this about you. That's this awesome. is a new yeah. thing I'm learning about you. That was cool. Wow. We were house sitting while they were on vacation. Wow. And, so and it was on I a just day. sat over in their house all day. Played, played video played games. Played Age of Empires. That's awesome. Um, There's a re-release. Yeah. I think Age of Empires 4 was just announced or 5 or whatever. Microsoft's like weeks ago as of recording. It was like just announced a couple weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, I th- I think that I saw that, and I don't know. It, I don't know much about it though. And f- future bunk funkers, write in. Let us know how did Age of Empires, whatever the newest one for, how did it turn out? Yeah, let us know from the future. <laughs> let us know from the future. <laughs> this is for our time traveling bunk funkers yeah. only. Um. Well, what do you think, boys? Do we want to? Uh, is there any other points of this topic that we want to dive into before we get to our verdicts? On the topic, um, any Andy, any other burning questions or points that you want to bring up? Or? Are, you were just about to say something about RPGs. Oh, that's okay. I was just, I think I've always been like a RPG guy or um, I feel like that's where I've always, RPGs and shooters. Like I remember, you know, when Halo was first released, that was like the game that all my friends, like Halo and, and Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 4, or Call of, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare were like, when that, when that, when the kind of like the I don't want to say like the multiplayer culture because multiplayer games have always existed, but like when that console kind of like I don't know the modern maybe the more better way to say it is like the modern gaming multiplayer culture kind of started to exist um, is when I kind of started playing games. So like I have memories of like getting together with my friends, playing Halo, and like talking shit. Uh, in the in the lobbies as like a little you know a little shithead like 12 year old kid like or 13 year old kid you know those are like where my kind of gaming memories start well the, the, that still happens so. today because i'll go into right you know a, still, a first person shooter gets schooled and then have some 12 yes. year old tell me how gay and fat i am you know it's just that's <laughs> yeah. that's so I, I can't keep up today with with fortnite the other brs and apex ledge i can't keep up with any of it i don't have the the fast switch muscles anymore um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I hate multiplayer to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. For the most part. I like to, I like to do game to like isolate myself from other people. Survival games and like fun games like Ark, <laughs> like the, the one that your, your, your son plays, those can be really, but you have to get like, the thing is, is like, I know I feel like all f- four of us can agree here <clears throat> is the scheduling is the hardest oh, part yeah. because now we're all adults with all these responsibilities. And it's like, those games are only like fun when it's like you and like all your buddies getting together yeah, you have to coordinate coordination is part of the yeah. game you have to coordinate it's herding cats when you've got to get right. all those kids or whoever play in to, uh, to go raid or do whatever you want yeah it takes a lot of coordination yeah you know what i was you know what i was doing when the calendar flipped from 1999 to 2000 watching your computer like <laughs> i was hoping that it uh, didn't do i want to know <laughs> i was i was using my computer okay oh, nice. i was on i was on the phone with my friend and we were both playing online Age of Empires 2. And so we were on the phone, you know, coordinating. Oh, my God. And that didn't affect your the dial-up internet? There was no no interruption. Nothing wow. happened. IT professionals did such a great job in the run-up to the year 2000. And frankly, they don't get enough recognition. Hey, there's still some work out there if you want to learn Cobalt and uh, What is it, like 2038 is the next frames. big one? What? 2038 is the next big one or something? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not smart enough. But uh, yeah, all those old uh, oh, Cobalt, uh, 
uh, coders and whatnot go fixed all the bank software for us and uh, Y2K. Well, maybe Y2K did happen. We don't we know. Just didn't That's see something it. to cover. Maybe in a future in a future topic. Andy, oh, that'd be a good one. Everyone good. always asks why 2K, and nobody ever asks how are you 2K. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good dad right. joke. I, that's that that's props good, for the dad that joke. That was a good one. <laughs> good well, Lord. I am a daddy. It's true. He's a big time daddy. Um, all right, boys. If there's nothing else, Adam and Josh, is there any other points of this topic that you want to, that, that's fun, that tickles you, that you're like, oh man, I really want to talk about that before we get into verdicts here? Before verdicts, I think what's important here, uh, just, just based on your bunker scale, that's that's kind of where we're going to rate this, I, I, is my assumptions here. But mm-hmm. I want to convince you guys before we get to that rating, um, keep in mind that the... The tombstone date for declassification of government documents is right around that 50-year mark. Keep that in mind. Right around 2030 mm-hmm. is when, if this was a secret government conspiracy to test the ability <gasps> to control kids' minds, we won't officially know about it for another 10 years. So just keep that in, keep that in mind. Yeah, future bunk funkers in 10 years. <laughs> That's true. Future bunk funkers. Future bunk funkers, why aren't you helping us out with this stuff more? <laughs> Was Polybius real or what? Give us a hand. Yes, yeah, send us a friggin' friggin loud. sign. God damn. Flying around in your hover Teslas to Mars. <laughs> God damn. Fucking send us some goddamn messages. Let us know what's up. Future bunk fungers? <laughs> Pieces of shit. Well, you really turned on the future. Oh, I'm bunk going hard. <laughs> You're tearing them up. Bunk fungers know this as art's turning point. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what they call it. <laughs> point where I turned. Turning point art. I turned heel. I'm no longer a baby face. Um, so, fellas, obviously how this will work, we did share with you the bunker scale uh, before uh, before hopping in here to record. Um, that that scale is, you know, it's, uh, it's on a scale of least plausible or case closed, meaning no chance. There is no, there is nothing here. There's nothing even to speculate here. It's totally, total bunk to um, case confirmed, which is 100% true. Which I guess in this case would be 100% true. This is a PSYOP fucking arcade machine run by the CIA government to do whatever it was to do, right? And you can be anywhere on that scale in between. Um, Andy, do you want to kick it off to kind of kind of give them an example? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll give my verdict first. So I'll just say, I think this is a great story. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a cool uh, game uh, if it exists. <laughs> well, I guess it does exist. Yeah, technically, in some ways it does. Uh, you know, our, our other podcast friend P- TJ from Pick Me. That's right. Uh, would probably say this is case confirmed because Polybius does exist now. But <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna revert uh, to myself here yeah. and be my typical self, and I'm gonna give this plausible molecule. Whoa, okay. So I'm leaving the door open a little bit yeah. here, okay? Because you know, I guess the issue with Polybius, right, is that. There's nothing before the year 2000 that's verifiable. That said, there are some people who say, oh, I remember playing this. Are they remembering correctly? Who knows? Yeah. You know, you can't rely on your memory for a lot of things. Um, so just a lack of evidence. But again, maybe it did. There's not really anything that says, obviously, this didn't exist. It's right. really hard to prove stuff like that. So I'm going to leave the door open a little. Plausible right. molecule. And he's going to leave the door open just a crack so you can peek your little fingies in. So if the, you know, the truth opossum comes by someday on Polybius and wants to sneak into my shack, I'll let him in. Wow. He'll let that possum in. Possums, ugly as sin, but hey, they do a good job eating bugs and shit. Yeah, they do. So to all of our opossum listeners out there, thank you. 
Hey, uh, and that's a Keep compliment you can, you can put in your pouch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Adam and Josh, the floor is yours. Do you guys want to go? Would you like to pass it back to me? Uh, All right. So. Okay. Josh is going to head. Josh is taking I, up the, the ball. Yep, I'm going to take He's it. taking it up the court. Yeah, I think we should go Josh, then me, then you can wrap it up with your, your final wow. bunker scales. Does that sound okay. good? You can tell. These are pros. These are pros. So because there is no lower rating on your board, I'm going to rate this one as a plausible quark. Wow. Yep, it's the bottom of the list. And here's why I say that. There is, I 100% believe... Like, very plausible. Government was monitoring arcades to see how kids are performing in this hand-eye coordination exercise. Absolutely believe that. Um, I believe that there was arcade games with flashy graphics that caused epileptic responses in children. Every every game nowadays has a disclaimer. Close your eyes if you have seizures. Um, So I think it's too coincidental. I think it's too much of a Mandela that's been created by some tertiary things that have just been tied together. You know, like we know Tempest is real. We know the FBI was there. I think a lot of these things happened. And I feel like one guy was like, no, Tempest, I th- maybe it was just Polybius. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's what it was. And now now it just exists in a handful of people's memories. I don't, I think it's just Telephone a game. step into reality. The hmm. smallest, yeah. smallest bit. That's that's pretty. I get what you're saying. You're saying there's too much hair on this possum to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to flip the script a little bit on Josh here. So, what? like with <laughs> other other okay. beliefs that I've got, you know this this one to me rates up there pretty pretty high. So the coincidences, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, that type of situation. Well, there's there there are several pieces of smoke here that I see. Maybe not as defendable in court type of pieces of evidence, but having mm-hmm. having sale receipts, you know, bill of sales right around the same time as this, you know, rumored game was to be out in these arcades in the same locations and then confirmed by the owner. You know, that's that's pretty tangible evidence. Um, plus, I've worked for the government for more than twenty years. And all the way from, you know, little help desk style work all the way up to, you know, senior decision makers on some high end government contracts. And I know that the government has got things that they don't want to share with the general public until that time frame of disclosure has been reached. So I'm going to go the opposite direction here. I'm going into the green on this one, boys. I'm going to go plausible and a half here because there's there's enough information enough history, enough rhetoric, enough community, you know, uh, consolations here that absolutely tell me that this thing most likely was in existence and did have some sort of, you know, men in black style approach may, might not be the men in black that were, you know, UFO related, (laughs) but a government agency that has dipped their hand into trying to get into the gaming market when it was starting to become an emergent thing and seeing what they could do with it. We've seen the government do some crazier wow. things with other conspiracies that have come out to be absolutely Very factual. True. So in this case, oh. I think there's enough to go plausible and a half, in my opinion. Nice. Wow. wow. Love it. Great verdicts, Oh, guys. my God. This is great. We love it. We love when people go against the grain and they go into the green. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time in the red, but uh, every now and then we get those greens. Ooh, baby. Oh, everybody loves that. Oh, everybody it feels loves so that good. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to kind of split the difference of smooch here. I'm going to go plausible minus. Okay. Uh, so I'm still in the red, but like, you know, I'm, I'm splitting the difference between green and where you guys are kind of at. I, I think this did start as an arcade urban legend. 
Um, you know, it wasn't like I have to, you know, I'm being very, very concrete here. Was it Polybius, this exact game? I don't know. I don't think so. I agree with a lot of the things that Adam said that there's, you know, and Josh said that the, this totally makes sense that this happened. They probably, I wouldn't put it past them. I've already said that. But I do think that there probably was some shitty game in Portland, Oregon that made a bunch of kids sick because these vector graphics make me sick. Uh, everything needs to be rasterized. Quit it with your infinitely scalable vectors. Um, uh, and where was I going with this? So they made the sick. So the story, you know how it goes. Urban legend. It's tel- the game of telephone. Oh, so-and-so got sick. Oh my God. Oh, it's this game. Polybius. You know how kids are. Uh, they just say shit and then it just spreads. And then you're like, what? No. And then, I think that this got picked up by GamePro and then it spread to the internet, but well, probably even before GamePro it was on the internet, on forums, people talking about it. Um, it's an urban legend, but again, would not put it past to have some kind of weird test. Maybe it wasn't this game. Like Adam kind of said, maybe this uh, the uh, disclosure date hasn't been passed, so maybe we'll find out it was a different game. There's a, Polybius feels like there's a kernel of truth there. Um. But, uh, you know, is was it actually this Polybius game? Eh, I probably feel like it isn't because we can't find anybody who can confirm anything about it. We can't we can't get any primary sources that are like, yeah, it was Polybius. And here's the type of game it was. It's just sort of like, you know, it's just like who came up with that? Yeah. I think I, I'm with <laughs> so, Stuart Brown. Is that Ahoy on YouTube? Yeah. Yes. You know, same. Yes. Yeah. If you the bunk funkers the uh, the Stuart Brown doc on this is linked in the show notes and yeah. it's it's very good. Ahoy does a incredible. I don't know if he does his own graphics or what, but his graphics, um, yeah. incredible. His entire channel production's great. So, uh, um, those were our verdicts, bunk funkers. What do you think on the game Polybius? What do you think about video games in general? <laughs> Use uh, let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Any hashtags, uh, boys? Any uh... possum of truth? Ooh, no. <laughs> possum of truth. Don't forget the O. No, no, don't forget the O. That's right. Opossum of truth. Let us know what you think. Um, but before you let us know what you think, I think you should check out the Twisted Ten podcast. Yeah, uh, fellas, anything you want to plug where uh, these potential bunk funkers could find you and let them let them use the hashtag Opossum of Truth? All right. The easiest answer. Is twisted10.com. That has links to everything. That'll link you out to get access to the show on your podcatcher of choice. That will get you links to our Twisted Council and our after show. That'll get you links to some of our merch if you're feeling real frisky. Um, and Discord. And Discord, Discord links right there too. Yep. So yeah, hop in Discord with us, chat it up. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we do on a good week, Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We uh, live stream the show on our Discord channel. That's not a paid thing. Anybody right. can come in, uh, do a little bit different than our gracious hosts here. But we can. Uh, you can come in, say hey, check out the show, listen to a show. I mean, we have one. Uh, whoever is not hosting our show, our rotating host, we hang out in Discord. We we just kind of bullshit with people who are there during the show. We hang out during our show breaks. So it's a it's a cool behind the scenes way to get involved with us and and just you know Very see a little cool. bit more. And and I can attest cool. to how cool the uh, the Discord is. I uh, 
I forget. You guys were talking about electric trucks at one point. The, the new Ford oh yeah, truck. the F one fifty Lightning. Oh, thing is so hot. Yeah, or whatever so it is. Nice. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we got Josh's engine running. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll have to talk about electric trucks some more. I've been looking. Josh is sporting a lightning rod. Hey. <laughs> and and to do cordiality right, we want you guys to come host officially. This is your official invitation <gasps> to come host a full episode of the Twisted Ten. Bring whatever topic you want to bring to the show. That's kind of the the whole bit behind our show is that the other hosts on the show never know what the actual host is bringing. So it could be the top ten types of nylon stockings that you prefer, whatever the hell it wants to be. You can <laughs> bring fuck. Well, anything. there it goes. So hey, you can't use that idea. No, now. it's I've trademarked. W- it. Only one brand for me, Nylonicus. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, but thank you guys for having us. This was a lot of this fun. This is awesome. Uh, thank you to uh, you, Adam and Josh, and, and please check out the Twisted Ten podcast. Um, these guys are obviously fucking bunker approved, chill ass daddies. <laughs> chill um, ass daddies. Hang with us. <laughs> like that. We got that recorded. Hogged out. They're hogged out. They're big time chads. We approve. <laughs> um, bunker seal of approval. And um, yeah, please, please check them out on there. Twisted 10, twisted10.com, Twisted 10 Podcast. And uh, of course, as always, you can find, eh, you know what, Andy and Art, uh, you can find us at Mr. Bunker Pod on Twitter and Instagram, MrBunkersConspiracyDice.com. <laughs> find us on YouTube by YouTube searching Mr. Bunker Pod. And if you feel so inclined, and if you want to support the show, you have the means to do so, find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Get access to uh, Andy and Art Debunked, our Patreon only show. Yeah, you know, there's other stuff on there as well. So, um, but again, a big thank you. Yes. To Adam and Josh. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Thank you. Certainly, fellas. Twisted 10. That's right. Um, well, Andy, any last words before I fucking just beat your high score? <laughs> <laughs> and replace it and replace it with the words ASS. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of asses in these arcades, you know? It's oh, yeah. shocking. Um, no, I guess I don't have any last words other yeah. than, um, you know... Gamers unite. <laughs> Gamers rise up. Oh, God. Well, for uh, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my top lofty. <laughs> my top lofty co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Bye-bye. <laughs>